Hello, and thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of DeRitter, Louisiana, recorded at our 10 o'clock service on Sunday, April 28, 2019. Our text for the day is from Revelation, the first chapter, verses 4 through 8, which are as follows. John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood, and made us to be a kingdom, pre-serving his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and on his account all the tribes of the earth will wail. So it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. I want it to be known that I chose to preach through the lectionary readings of Revelation for this season long before I knew that this would be my last season. Because for some pastors, we don't touch Revelation because it's so dangerous. And it's so open to misinterpretation. And sometimes it's easier to ignore it and to stay away from it rather than dive into it. I thought also this week about just reading my sermon because I took a January intensive on Revelation in uh, seminary and our main textbook was 1,800 pages thick. I thought about just coming in and starting to read that to you, but I didn't understand it all when I was taking the class and I wasn't going to do that to you here and now. But I will tell you this. We have done a great disservice to the Christian witness with the way that Revelation has often been looked at. Start with the name. It is not the book of Revelations. And it is not we are going to read from Revelations. If you go and you read the very beginning of this book, you will see it is one revelation given to God, given by God and Christ to John. And the other thing you need to understand about the book of Revelation is it is not something that we should fear. There is a lot of sake, there is a lot of imagery in there that we hyperanalyze. I submit to you that if not for the book of Revelation, half the supermarket tabloids would be out of business. Because so often we use the book of Revelation as a way to start marking time. Oh, well, we saw this happen. Well, it must mean the end is coming. Or we see the moon is doing this, so the end must be coming. Or this person is now a world leader and they came from this place, which means the end must be coming. Let me disabuse you of these notions now. Because there has not been a generation in Christian history in which there were many who felt that in fear that they were living in the end times. 
I would say to those who are afraid of the end times, what do you do? Well, Jesus' words about the idea that you don't know when I'll be back. You will know neither the day nor the hour, and we are called to live as people who are ready for the second coming, whatever that might be. So what do we do with this revelation? I think rather than trying to figure out what it does not say, might be good to look at what it does say. And in this season of the resurrection especially, why here? Why now? Why does the church universal, following the lectionary, choose to put this book about the end as part of the readings for the Easter season? Well, let me give you a little piece of advice when it comes to the revelation to John. Instead of trying to figure out the book of Revelation as a series of chronological events, I want you to think about sitting in the top row of the most venerated piece of land in the state of Louisiana, and that is Tiger Stadium. Notice I said venerated. We know the holiest piece of land is the Louisiana Tech Quad, all right, but the most venerated place is Tiger Stadium. Just as an aside, the reason I'm wearing blue is in solidarity with my friends in Ruston. I drove through there the other day. I just happened to be up in the area, and it's bad. And I'm very proud to be a Tech alum and to see how they're responding. But I digress. Let's go back to that bird's nest seat at Tiger Stadium. Now, I know it would be fruitless to make a phone call because you can't hear a dadgum thing in Tiger Stadium, right? All right, all you can hear is the band and you can hear the alumni yelling at the officials because they they are in Alabama's pocket, right? This is where y'all say amen, right? All right, we all know that the SEC is rigged for Alabama, right? All right, so making a phone call would not accomplish anything because I couldn't hear you, but if I were somehow to get through. And I said, what do you see? Well, you see a whole lot of things going on at once. And if I said, what do you see? You say, well, I see some poor old confused guy wearing Alabama gear over here. Be lucky if he doesn't get beat up on the way out. I see a bunch of, then I see a bunch of college students over here. Then I see the referees. And then I see that, so you would tell me in chronological order, or in some sort of order, what you see, even though you see it all at once. Let that idea of seeing one vision be a lens through which you look at the book of Revelation. And you might find a little more comfort there. But you also might want to find some comfort and John's, and the first words that we see in Revelation. Because as wonderful as last Sunday was, as much as celebrating the resurrection is a joy, we also know that there's more to come. There's more to come in all of Christian faith. 
As we did last week, this week we're going to celebrate the vows of baptism. And as young Addie comes forward for baptism after this message, we're going to be making some promises to Addie and her mama and her family are going to be making promises to Addie, and you are as well. And one of the reasons we make a vow when we baptize children that we will raise them in Christ's holy church is that baptism is not just a marker you set out. But we tell a child in baptism, we tell them that this is the start of a journey. And yes, it will be on her family to make sure that she is in church and that she is involved in becoming a faith, a person of faith. So it is with us the beginning of a journey. Our obligation to Addie does not end today. In fact, it starts because we too must remember that there's more to come. And as John starts this revelation with grace to you and peace. Grace to you and peace. Not something you would start a letter of fear about, is it? We go on and we see how Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth, and you see how he goes into this passage. He says, To him who loves us and freed us and made us to be a kingdom, to him be glory and dominion forever. Amen. You notice he said, To them who loved us and freed us and made us priests serving him. You notice he doesn't use the past tense. He doesn't say priests who served, but those who are serving. Brothers and sisters, what we're seeing here in this text is a call to us all to remember that we Christianity is an act of faith. As those called by God to be God's connection to the world, it is a present tense thing. There is a reason why the communion liturgy, we say Christ has died, Christ is risen. Christ will come again. The is is important. Not Christ was, but Christ is. But he goes on, he says, look, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him. Even those who pierced him, but on his account, all the tribes of the church will wail. He is coming. In other words, let us not be people who fall into the trap of thinking that Christ's work is done any more than we think that our work is done. Because I'm going to tell you, it is not easy to be a person of faith. It is not easy to be people who will support a mother and child as that child is coming to be raised 
and the Christian faith through the ministries of our church. But there's more to come. Jesus isn't done with us yet. God's work is not over. And you see finally in this, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Today's passage also lends itself to a very simplistic reading in many ways. Because all it does is make us ask ourselves, what are we doing with our lives? As we celebrate and as we bathe in the rays of the resurrection, and yet know that Christ's work will not be totally done until He comes again and glory to judge the living and the dead. There is more to come. We cannot rest on our laurels of being resurrection people. We live with that dual reality. The Pauline concept of it is by grace we have been saved and this is not by our works. Our works, for we are His Christ, His workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And then you have the scriptures of James who say, faith without works is dead. Today's is a message of encouragement and the fact that God's not done yet. But it is also a reminder that there's still more to, to do. And you might be tempted to say, well, that's very vague, preacher. How do we know? Well, I go back to another more modern song of the faith. The title says it all. They'll know we are Christians by our love. They'll know we are Christians by our love. Question is, who do we love? And how do we love? As young Addie comes forward to be baptized, now as she grows up, she comes from a beautiful family. But it's not even all their responsibility to show her the faith. She comes from a family that has many generations in this church. But it's not just about the family. If Addie were to follow you around today, if Addie were to follow you around today, would she find a person of hope, a person of love, a person of forgiveness? Would she find a person of the resurrection? Who is living in such, seeking to live in such a way that it's not just our mouths, but our lives that bear witness that there's more to come? Or would she find in us people who are resting on our laurels? Which is it? That's why the message from today's 
reading is the same message that we are going to share with Addie here in a moment. And we're going to tell Addie this is not the end of the story, but the beginning. We will say that to her beautiful family, and we will be reminded of it for us all. My friends, there is more to come. We see it in the witness of Scripture, and we testify to it by the lives that we lead. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of DeRitter, Louisiana. You may find out more about our ministries at fumcderitter.org or by finding us on Facebook. Thank you and have a great day.